Packers Daily with Jason Mertides. Welcome to your Friday edition, February 26th edition of Flyers Daily with Jason Mertides. Uh, prepare. Enjoy today. Enjoy this Friday because tomorrow kicks off a stretch of hockey that is going to be awesome. It's going to be great because we love hockey and we're going to get a ton of it. How about 19 games in 33 days? I don't know if there's a such thing as too much hockey. There at least isn't for me, but we're going to have 19 Flyer games in 33 days, and we are going to learn a lot. We're going to talk to Bill Meltzer in just a couple of minutes, but we're going to learn a lot over this period and this stretch. It's going to start, like I said, coming up tomorrow uh, against the Buffalo Sabres. We'll have Marty Biron on tomorrow's episode for a weekend preview with Buffalo. He, of course, now in the media up there in Buffalo and covers the Buffalo Sabres. Jack Eichel did not play last night. Uh, Jeff Skinner, a healthy scratch. It's a bit of a mess in Buffalo. Uh, so the Flyers going to head in there for a team looking to, to right the ship and a team that's on the precipice of having it get away from them really early in the season. It's Buffalo tomorrow at 1 and Sunday at 3. Then it's off to Pittsburgh to take on the Penguins for 3. All three in Pittsburgh, Tuesday the 2nd, 4th, each of those at 7 o'clock on Tuesday and Thursday. Then they'll wrap up that three-game set with the Penguins at 1 o'clock on Saturday. Then March 7th, Sunday, going to head home, take on the Washington Capitals. And then Tuesday against Buffalo again. And then two with the Caps, so three out of four there stretch with the Washington Capitals. And then a little road swing, the New York trip. Two against the Rangers, two against the Islanders on the road. Then they'll return home to take on the Islanders for one. Then New Jersey for one, two against the Rangers. Uh, the New Jersey Devils for one, two against the Rangers, two against Buffalo. That takes you right up to March 31st. And this stretch is going to teach us so much about this Flyers team. Jake Voracek cleared from COVID protocol. We'll see if he gets back in the lineup coming up on Saturday. Uh, Travis Konechny, Oscar Lindblom, and Scott Lawton should be clearing sometime hopefully this weekend. And they'll get them back maybe Tuesday, if not Thursday, against the Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, but uh, the arrival of Claude Giroux in the lineup was a big reason why the Flyers got that win over the New York Rangers uh, on Wednesday night. What a what a performance from the captain. Unbelievable. Uh, three assists in the game, eight shots on goal on 12 attempts. He was tremendous in the face-off circle to get the Calvary coming back at this time for this stretch of games uh, could be really, really important for this team. And a lot of the guys have talked about it. You heard Sean Couturier on this very podcast say that he wants to get into a rhythm in the season between starting the season and getting hurt pretty much uh, in the second game, missing a bunch of time, then coming back, then the team going on pause. It's been tough to get into a rhythm for Sean Couturier. Uh, he'll welcome this. And but Phil Myers said it in yesterday's episode to get into a rhythm in the season. He's another guy that dealt with some injuries as well. Uh, so we're going to get a lot of hockey, and it's great, and I'm looking forward to it. I'm also looking forward to talking to this man because when there's a lot of hockey, we talk a lot, and we love hockey. And he joins us right now from PhiladelphiaFlyers.com, HockeyBuzz.com, and NHL.com. It's Bill Meltzer. Billy, how you doing? I'm doing great, Jason. Oh, man. Um, it felt so good for the team to be back in, in the Wells Fargo Center after the ordeal in Tahoe and uh, and everything, and to get a win over the Rangers but what was your biggest takeaway kind of from that game uh, against the Rangers where they're able to eke it out two goal lead heading into the third, but hang on to win by, by a single goal. Well, I mean, you know, it was, it was a battle of two undermanned teams. Um, you know, the flyers, I thought at five on five, for the most part, pretty much had their way, at least the top of the lineup did. Um, you know, I, I, I thought that, uh, 
you know, the, the Rangers really, really tried to get blown out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not, not try, but you know what I'm saying? They, I mean, so many stupid penalties. Too many men on the ice twice. Two delay of game penalties, you know? Just just some, you know, I mean, the Flyers had, and, uh, you know, they had that long five-on-three. and they, they had looks. They just couldn't, couldn't finish one. I mean, you know, for a game that had seven combined goals, I thought both uh, Brian Elliott and Shesterkin played really well. I mean, they, it was a, it was a well goaltended game, uh, despite the score of it. Um, you know, the Flyers obviously still have some things to clean up. The the PK even when they got through some of the kills, uh, I think they were three for five on the kill. But I mean, the, the PK was pretty hairy. You know, it, it, uh, you know, and they they did they did manage to kill one in the third period when the uh, Rangers had a chance to tie it. But you know, you never you never got a comfortable feeling. Sometimes. Sometimes, you know, when the PK is going well for a team, uh, you know, you just don't think the other team's going to score, you know, and it's just the opposite right now. You're worried every time Flyers are on a kill. So that that's an area that definitely has to be looked at. Um, you know, the other day when we were talking to uh, Justin Braun, it was, it was mainly about how his health is doing, but I was curious, as, as a guy, you know, as a guy who's always killed penalties, if you look around the league, um, I think there's 12 teams with a 25% or higher power play. And it's something like 17 teams that are under 80. They're, un, they're under 80% on the kill. You know, so it's more than half the league is under 80% on the kill. And, uh, you know, I mean, that's, those are crazy numbers. You know, you know the balance of power in the last few years have kind of been swinging back towards the power play. But, you know, when the league norm right now, right, the median is 79%. I mean, that's... Uh, you know that that's a pretty big balance of power to for to have eight teams that are over thirty percent this late in the season. You know it's pretty crazy. So it's not just with the Flyers. I mean, my theory is that it, it's a combination of factors. It's the short training camp, the lack okay. of practice time. I mean, all all those things definitely play into where it is. But it makes it imperative to stay out of the penalty box. You know, and that uh, too too many too many penalties, too many you know some undisciplined penalties too. Where I thought the Flyers kind of stalled their own momentum, um, you know, Moose played another phenomenal game, made some really tough saves, and uh, you know, I, I mean, I think that uh, uh, the, the Katori line and the uh, the Hayes line they they rolled over the Rangers, and Michael Roffel played a well the game. So I mean, it was uh, you know, and, and nice to get nice to get a couple couple points out of Ghost and and um, you know and, and Gustafson. So you know, all in all, you know. Ugly, pretty. Otherwise, you ha- you had to get the two points. They got that. Now they have the the back to back coming up uh, against Buffalo, and they you know need to, need to get four more points here, or at least three out of four, but preferably all four. Um, you know before they before they go to Pittsburgh next week. Yeah, and the schedule is going to get incredible uh, over the next thirty three days. Nineteen games. They don't have back to back days off between games until April 1st and April 2nd, if you can believe that. Uh, Bill, when you looked at that game last night, and we talked, you just mentioned Justin Braun and you know him talking about the symptoms. We know that the captain, Claude Giroux, uh, also contracted COVID, had symptoms, was off, uh, you know, was in quarantine, obviously, for the 14-day period, off the ice for 16 days, back, had one practice, uh, knew his team needed him, though, and his coach knew he was going to play. He didn't end up asking him on the game day if he was playing or not. Uh, five other guys still not available. He goes out, he gets three assists in the game. He was unbelievable. He ends up in the game with eight shots on goal and 12 shot attempts. Uh, the three assists, like I said, he goes eight for 11 on face-offs. Um, I mean, just 
an absolute gutty game from the captain really leading his team to that win. And it's exactly what the doctor ordered. That That's what a player like Claude Giroux brings. And, and he brought it in that game. And to me, he willed them to the win along with the, the great goaltending of Brian Elliott. Oh, no, no question at all. I mean, he was just, he was just outstanding in that game. And, you know, you named all the, all the different facets from face off to setting up plays to uh, there was in the third period where the flyers are, are leading by a goal. He strips Brendan Smith of the puck and, um, yeah. you know, forces him to take a penalty, you know? And, um, I mean, honestly, you know, honestly, I, I thought that the uh, penalty shot they awarded they awarded last week was a was a was a better scoring chance than Giroux ended up with because he, he was he was clear he was past it. Yeah. So you know, I I don't understand why one was a penalty shot, the other was a the other was a power play. I mean, the Flyers didn't score, but that was two two more minutes off the clock, and just uh, you know just just stepping up when he absolutely had to it was a you know absolutely his best performance of the year. Um, you know, one of his best games in recent years at a crucial time for the team. And, um, you know, and then afterwards he said that, you know, he really didn't feel very well during the game. He, yeah. uh, he didn't feel a lot of energy yet. And, you know, he was trying to keep his, his uh, shift short. He still played over 20 minutes, by the way, but trying to, to shorten his shifts and keep things pretty simple. So, you know, I mean, kudos to him. That was, that was a phenomenal game by him. Yeah, to me, it's one of those representative games of the of not only the player that he is on the ice, but the leader that he is to go out, you know, knowing five guys still aren't there. I mean, one practice in 16, 17 days when you've de- dealt with a respiratory illness is very difficult to do. And like you said, he wasn't even feeling well. And he makes that strip in the, in the third period. He picks the pocket. I mean, it was just all will in that game. And I, I think that's a perfect representation of the player he is. And I think that's why the guys in that room see him the way they do. Oh, no question. You know, I mean, uh, he leads, he, he leads by example, you know, he, he's, uh, he always comes ready to compete and he is a competitor. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, in, in uh, the same in practices, he'll, he'll get upset if, you know, things, things don't go his way in a practice. I mean, he just, he has, he has a strong, strong will in that way. And, um, you know, and I, I also thought he demonstrated some leadership after the game too, where, you know, he, he leads through positivity, you know, I mean, he'll, he'll needle teammates, you know, on the bench or whatever, but I mean, in public, it's always a very positive kind of thing. Always trying to pump them up and inspire them. And when he was asked about Nolan Patrick, who's undeniably still struggling offensively, it was, it was all positive saying that, uh, you know, he had a couple pucks bounce on him. It was, uh, he was supporting the puck. Well, he said, you know, he's getting there. It steps in the right direction. I mean, that's, uh, you know, that's what a leader does. He tries, tries to pick up the guys around him who, who maybe need a pickup. Yeah, that, that's what and a young player notices that when a player of Claude uh, Drew stature does those things publicly. Um, Bill, we've talked about Brian Elliott. He was incredible in the game. So many high danger chances in that game last night, too, at both ends. But Elliott, I mean, I mean, think about the save on uh, Mika Zibanejad shorthanded, right? Let a one goal lead. I'm going, oh, you got to be kidding me. Sent, sent some incredible stops in that game. The value that Brian Elliott has brought to the table, not only his time as a flyer, but in particular this year, has been off the charts. Yes. And then, you know, we just talked about Claude Giroux with leadership. I, I thought when he was asked about uh, the outdoor game and, and asked about Carter Hart, he gave the perfect answer. Yes, you know, he, he did. He was, he was very insightful uh, after the game, you know. Um, and, you know, he, I mean, specific to that game, he was talking about how it was not a very goalie friendly game for either side. And I, and I agree because I don't think Tuka Rask was, you know, was, was very sharp in that game either. He just didn't see a lot of shots after the first period. 
Yeah. You know, uh, it was a very tough game for goalies. You mentioned the shadows and tracking the puck was hard and the wind. And, you know, there were times um, where you thought you thought your team had the puck, the other, you know, and actually Boston had it or, or vice versa. So it was, it was a, a, a challenge. And uh, we, we've talked about Carter's game. It was, it was a, a rough game for him. No question about it. He's had a couple of rough games uh, against Boston this year or rough periods in, in one instance. So, you know, I, I think that he said he said all the right things. And listen, with with so many games coming up, um, you know, they're going to need both goalies. So it, it's, uh, you know, it, it's a it's a great situation for the Flyers. I think Carter Hart will be fine. But it, it's nice to know that you have a, you know, a, a, a veteran who will battle for, for every save and, you know, be be a good teammate and all, all the rest of that. I mean, I, I can't say enough about what Brian Elliott has meant to the club. Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, that's why I've been such a strong proponent when his contract was up to bring him back. I talked to a couple uh, former NHL goalies in the last couple of days. I wanted to gain some insight on that Tahoe game. I, I played an outdoor game at Citizens Bank Park with the media, you know, um, and I, I know that even when I played growing up or even to this day, when you play on an Olympic size rink, it feels you feel like you're in, in a huge yeah. cavern. The, the Playing outdoors affects a goalie so much different than it affects the players because of spatial awareness. You feel like you're constantly feeling for your post because you're in this huge area instead of inside encapsulated in a building. So just to, you know, talking to a couple guys that that was the word that they used was the spatial awareness and that feel of that you're actually still in an enclosed 200 by 85 structure. It doesn't feel that way. And it, it takes away all of your kind of gut instincts and how comfortable you feel taking angles and those kind of things. I just want to mention that, but uh, nonetheless, um, you know, going into uh, Jake Voracek has cleared uh, COVID protocol. Um, we know that he was asymptomatic. Uh, AV said he, he was chomping at the bit <laughs> a couple of days ago. Uh, do we expect to see Jake Voracek this weekend against the Buffalo Sabres? I would, I would think so. Um, you know, he, he has a leg up on some of the other guys who, who had symptoms in that he's, he's felt a hundred percent all along. He just had to follow the protocol. So I, I think one practice should do it. Um, you know, it would be nice if there was a morning skate on Saturday, but it's an afternoon game. So, you know, they're, they're not going to have the opportunity, but I, I think one, I think one skate is, you know, one practice is potentially enough. Um, you know, if not Saturday, certainly, certainly Sunday, but I, I would, I would expect, you know, if I, if I had to put a, you know, put odds on it one way or the other, I would expect to see Voracek Saturday and Sunday. He's another guy who's hard to keep out of the lineup. Yeah, you're not going to be able to get him off the bus going to the ring yeah. that day. There's just no chance, and and he's gonna he's gonna tell the head coach, no, I'm playing. I I I had he's been sitting around with no symptoms, going watching his team play, and it's at point struggle. And he's a guy that can go out there and make the changes. Uh, the other players that we're still waiting on, Bill Travis, connecting Oscar Lindblom and Scott Lawton. Uh, I imagine we're getting closer, but we're going into this period of the schedule where there's going to be a lot of games in short period of time. Uh, when do we expect to see maybe some other faces returning as well? Not that I'm getting greedy. No, no. I mean, uh, well, it, you won't see either. You know, you won't see any of the three this weekend due, due to not having any practices. Um, you know, it's possible, and you and I were discussing in the air. Maybe uh, as they as they come off of protocol, maybe they you know they they skate in Voorhees to get uh, to get a workout in. Um, I, there won't be a practice, unfortunately, for the Flyers on Monday because you're playing back to back Saturday, Sunday. Or do you never practice the day after a back to back? So, um, but there should be a morning skate of some sort on on uh, you know on, on Tuesday in Pittsburgh, and probably a practice in between Tuesday Wednesday. 
So, um, you know, I think I think there's a shot at seeing a couple of the guys at least by Tuesday. And certainly, hopefully, hopefully pretty much everybody is back in the lineup um, by Thursday. And I, and I and also we didn't mention Braun is that I he was aiming to play on Saturday, too. So I think you'll see him yeah. come in. And uh, I would say based on recent games, I would say Robert Haig is the most likely guy to come out. Yeah, especially with the performance of uh, Gustafson and, and Gosses Bear in that game against the Rangers, both paid dividends, multi-point goal assist games for, for each of those two guys. They'll, we, we keep talking about the process, and I, ho- I hope we get to a point where we don't talk about it because it's no longer an issue or a, rep- a repetitive issue. But, you know, we talked about that period of time heading into that Washington game before the COVID protocol pause and postponements, and things were trending in the right direction and then the game against the Rangers, the 2-1 shootout loss. We know what happened in Lake Tahoe, a lot of variables there. Uh, but that was a step in the right direction, that win over the Rangers, wasn't it, from a process standpoint? And they certainly got the most amount of shots on goal that they've seen all season in that one. No question. I, I love, I, you know, I really love the forechecking pressure. They were, they were generating all game. Mm-hmm. They were almost always the first on the puck. And, uh, you know, they were creating turnovers. They were, you were getting guys going to the net, you know, and they were, uh, you know, doing pretty much uh, pretty much as you need to do creating creating chaos i mean that's how most goals are scored and um you know they did they did a very good job in that game they, they did not make anything easy on Chesterkin at all and again he played he played a solid game he game he gave up four goals but you know i mean you, you look at the goals that were scored in that game um you know one is the the i mean just a bomb of a shot by uh by gustafson with some traffic in front and then the carom that the ghost scored on the gorgeous thread the needle play from from Farabee to JVR. Oh, what a pass that was! Oh. oh, beautiful, beautiful. I mean, that you you can't you know you can't do it better than that. And then uh, you know, and then and then Giroud to uh, Kevin Hayes who goes upstairs uh, from from a you know, kind of flat angle, but a beautiful shot. So you know, I mean, that you can't really put any of those on a goalie. They uh, they you know they took the goalie out of the game on a night he had on a night, night he played well and kept his team in it. So that was. Uh, you know that was uh, the way you want to do it once you're once you have the puck, you know, over over the red line. Um, you saw they still have to clean up a lot of things again in their own end. Yep. Coverages were very loose, gaps weren't very good at times. Um, you know, the, the quality of chances they were giving up were just too good. And I and I thought that, you know, like obviously, 100% credit to Chris Kreider for his his hat trick, but he was very comfortable around the Flyers net because he was never tied up, he was never knocked down. I mean, a guy like Kreider is going to take advantage of that every time, you know. And um, when you're, you know, when you're going into a game where you're going to play, you know, a, a guy like a, a Jack Eichel, and then you're going into Pittsburgh, that those are areas that absolutely have to be cleaned up. And we already discussed the PK. Yeah, no doubt. Um, yeah, I think the the combined distance on the three goals by Kreider was no more than five and a half feet <laughs> of total distance. It's amazing, but but that's where you go to score goals. That's how goals are scored. If if you want to go to those areas and pay a bit of a price, he didn't pay a price in that game. But uh, Shosturkin, by the way, a really good puck handler. I was really impressed with his ability to yes, handle the puck. Yeah. You can't put those rims in where he can get them because he can he can be a real asset for that defense. Uh, and breaking out of the zone. Uh, you know, one of the things, Bill, let's talk about those two players you just mentioned, because they're kind of the, the, the stars of the start of the season. Joel Farabee, who's equaling his uh, rookie, uh, you know, total goals already 16 games in. He's got eight a tremendous assist to JVR. But I want to start with JVR because, Bill, while he's off to the best statistical start of his career and the numbers are, are incredible, nine goals, seven power play tied for the league lead. 
Um, to me, that doesn't even tell the full story because what he's doing away from the puck is not a renaissance. It's, in, it's incredible. He has been, you know, the offense that he's driving, shots for Corsi, all, all the advanced stats, you name it, he is hitting on all cylinders right now. Yeah, yeah, he, he, he sure is. Um, very heavy on pucks. You know, he's not a guy who's known as a, a physical presence and he's not going to put anybody through the boards, but he's, but he's using his size and his strength really, really well to, to shield the puck, um, to carry the puck. Um, you know, he... he I thought I thought it was something an interview that he gave recently that I, I think all players should watch, where he said that he's always working on, you know, new things he can put in his bag of tricks. He's a veteran in the league, mm-hmm. but just little things he can do, carrying the puck a little bit more, you know, some some plays along the wall, use, using his feet to his advantage, um, you know, shielding the puck, using just just all those all those little details that go into the game. Now, there's always things you can work on, no matter what level you play at, and. Um, you know, he, he had a great offseason. I mean, he came in, in tremendous, tremendous shape. And, you know, not, not just the goals and the assists, just his total game has been been really, really good. So, you know, I mean, he's he's definitely been, you know, if you had to pick right now the Bobby Clark Trophy winner, I, I mean, he, he oh. would be the guy. He'd be the guy right now. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and uh, and also, don't, you know, also can't forget the impact that Sean Couture has had since he's been back. Um, yeah. you know, so he's, you know, he's, he's put together a string of really, really good, big performances for the team too. And uh, obviously the, you, you could see how much the team missed having them. So that, uh, you know, as they get, as they get a, hopefully a full lineup back, I think you'll hopefully start to see, you know, uh, a lot more where the team is, you know, the real capabilities are, um, you know, with, with the full lineup, which they've never had the luxury of having this season. I mean, Katoria went down to the second game of the season and two shifts in to that second game. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, you know, just as he's getting back, you know, then, then you have the outbreak one game later. So it's, uh, you know, just uh, it's been it's been that kind of year around the league, not just in Philly. So that, uh, you know, it, it bodes well. There, there's the potential for going on a little bit of a run here. Um, obviously, back to back games this weekend. We'll probably see both goaltenders given that situation. Um, we'll see if Carter Hart goes on Saturday or Sunday. Uh, Bill, um, last thing, um, the 19 games in 33 days. I don't know if that's the most game they've played in, in that kind of a condensed period of time in the, in the organization's history. This is a lot of hockey and talking to Phil Myers after the game last night on yesterday's episode, he meant, I asked him the last question. I said, what's the prescribed number of hours of sleep for Phil Myers? And he said <laughs> eight to 10. And he said, he really kind of, he really is a guy that monitors his sleep. So he feels better day in and day. It's going to take that kind of detail for the next 33 days for these players to get through this as best they can. Yes. Whatever, whatever little bits of practice you can get in, it has to, you know, Count. It, it has to be efficient use of time. That includes the goalies, you know, um, you know, I mean, goalies, uh, particularly a guy like Carter Hart thrives on practice time. And it's with very little of it. You have to make the best possible use of it. You can, um, you know, everything, sleep schedule, nutrition, all of that is really, really important during that time so that they're feeling at their best when they play. And, you know, to, the other thing, too, that I'd really like to see the team getting back to as they get a full lineup, you know, one of the – a lot of those areas where, where the Flyers have, uh, you know, not been as good as a year ago, one of those areas that doesn't get a lot of attention is, is average shift times. You know, last mm-hmm. year, the players were very disciplined in their shifts. 
getting pucks in, getting guys off, getting the next group out. That's how you play. That's how you maintain that pace. That's why the Flyers were such a good third period team. The war, war teams down, you know, getting back to that, I think is a crucial thing as the Flyers get into this, this stretch of games, because, you know, if you end up having to shorten the bench or guys, you know, guys end up playing, you know, longer shifts than they should in, a, in an extended number of games, then, you know, you run out of gas just, just by the sheer, sheer amount of hockey you're, you're playing. I mean, these are phenomenally conditioned athletes, but every, everybody has limits. And when you're playing that number of games and that few of days, it's really crucial that you do all the little things between games and on game days to be able to, you know, run the marathon. Yeah. Maximize your performance. Well, here's the best news. We love hockey. If you're listening to this, you love hockey you're going to get a ton of it over the next five weeks. Like I'm loving it I'll be, every other day or two days, uh, three out of four. Boom. We're doing games or watching games. It's going to be a compelling period of time. We're going to learn a lot in these five weeks. Oh yes. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, what, what ends up happening inevitably is that, uh, you know, you find out where your depth is, you find out where your weaknesses are, mm-hmm. you find out, you know, realistically what you have to do by the trade deadline to give yourself the best possible chance, you know, when you have, uh, and it just, it just worked out between, you know, the pause and, and whatever, you know, that there ended up being a lot of off days, particularly recently, you know, yeah. that, uh, when, when you hit those busy stretches, I mean, I, I thought we learned a lot about the flyers last year in November, where they had 16 games in 30 days and they had the best record in the league in that month. And that was really the takeoff point for the team. That was a real positive being that busy. You know, uh, it can go it can go the other direction sometimes, too. So, yeah, I think that uh, I think during this stretch, we find out, you know, we find out uh, how much for real the record is because the record is still really strong. The winning percentage is high, you know, and, and just where the Flyers really are in the East. Yeah, well, we're all looking forward to it, Bill. Thanks for doing this. That's going to put a wrap on this episode of Flyers Daily. Everybody, thanks for listening. Marty Buran with a Sabres preview on tomorrow's episode. In the meantime, thanks for listening. We'll talk to you on tomorrow's Flyers Daily.